0: This is K.M. Weiland, and you're listening to the 197th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. The thing about taking a vacation is that you usually need two weeks just to catch up from the vacation. Even a staycation, like the one I gave myself a few weeks ago, can end up leaving lots of catch up to be done. So, that's what I've been up to this week. Aside from having a blast with storming, Keeping up with emails, etc., and editing the annotated Jane Eyre. I'm also working with the great team at Verick Design to overhaul both my websites with the help of all of your responses to last month's poll. So, hopefully, I'll have something new and exciting to share with you on that front soon. The May issue of my e-letter hit inboxes last week. It included the usual roundup of inspirational quotes, creativity jump starters, and helpful links, as well as the article, Reinforcing Your Character's Personality, and my response to a subscriber's question about making the right choices for your story. If you're not receiving the e-letter and would like to, you can sign up for my mailing list on my website at mailing. Dash -list.php You can read back issues online at kmylind.com/eletter-issues.php Why your novel may not be historical fiction after all The latest post in the video series on my blog discusses the fundamental principles of a historical novel. To watch it, visit my website at www.helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, Most Common Mistakes Series, Part 20, The Do's and Don'ts of Dialect. Who doesn't love a good accent? British, Indian, French, Spanish, Irish, Australian, South African, and Japanese actors, among many others, all bring added spice to their roles on the American big screen. And I suspect the same holds true in reverse. When I visited Australia several years ago, someone told me she loved my accent, which was a total mind-bender for me. Exotic settings and unusual characters are, are one of a writer's most enjoyable opportunities in fiction and sometimes these opportunities will allow our characters to speak in foreign languages dialects or accents. So far all is cool but too often writers get carried away with their accents because we hear our leading man's Scottish burr so clearly in our own heads and because it makes him nth times more awesome, we're determined to share that experience with our readers. So we start manipulating our character's dialogue to reflect his accent. After all, everybody knows that properly spelled dialogue must always be read with a plain vanilla American voice, or whatever the writer's native tongue may be. The result might look something like... The passages I've quoted on my blog. Obviously this is something that's impossible to convey via audio since it's totally about how the words are spelled and therefore how they look on the page. So if you're able, take a second to hop on by my blog at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com and look at the example dialogue snippet to see how not to write Scottish and French accents. Assuming that you've taken a peek, let me ask you this. Even though this dialogue exchange might communicate the nationalities of the speakers, or not, would you really be able to decipher the characters' accents if I hadn't told you where they were from? But it also creates plenty of problems, including unintelligibility. Were you able to read that dialogue at a glance, or did you have to stop and sound out each word? Even then, you might have been left guessing a time or two. When we interrupt our reader's experience of our story and force them to think about the way the words are put together, we're just asking for their suspension of disbelief bubble to pop. And then we have to consider ridiculousness. Do these characters come across as fascinating or just cartoonish? By forcing readers' attention onto the pronunciation, rather than the words themselves, we're robbing our characters of their personal power. Is it the way they say their words that makes them great characters, or is it the words themselves? And don't forget about unreality. Should you happen to be intimately acquainted with Scottish or French speakers, I'm gonna guess you probably snorted your coffee as you rightfully determined that my knowledge of these accents only stretches as far as my film-going acquaintance with Gerald Butler and Marion Cotillard. You can't fake mastery of a dialect on paper any more than you can in real life. Finally, you have to consider the distraction factor. All of the above contribute to a general sense of reader distraction. If readers are too busy trying to decipher your dialogue, or laughing at your character's silly speeches, or rolling their eyes at your less-than-perfect grasp of the dialect, they're not going to be thinking about how awesome your story is. So, if you can't use phonetic spellings to indicate a character's accent or dialect, then what can you do? 1. Remember that less is more. Readers are smart. They don't need much encouragement to get the idea that your character talks like Jackie Chan or Helen Mirren. Sometimes just mentioning your character's nationality will be enough to help readers hear the proper accent when reading your dialogue. Two, rely on the rhythm of the language. An accent is just as much about interesting rhythms and phrases as it is the actual tilt it brings to the words themselves. Let your character's interesting word choices or incorrect sentence constructions carry the burden of conveying the foreignness of his speech. Three, use the occasional phonetic misspelling. One or two phonetic misspellings aren't likely to trip readers up, but go sparingly. You're not going to want to get much more radical than leaving off a G here and there. Four, don't micromanage. The reason some authors are so adamantly attached to the idea of presenting dialect syllable by syllable is that they love their character, and they love that their character speaks with an accent, and they want readers to love that character just as much for just the same reasons. But, and trust me on this, if you've done your job right, readers will love your character just as much with or without the accent. In fact if the accent is done poorly they'll definitely love him much more without it. So jump on back to the blog to take another look at our original dialogue example but without all the undue attention on the speaker's accents. Now wasn't that much easier to read Didn't the characters come across more clearly, and didn't you still get the gist that the characters were foreign, both because the narrative told you they were, and because each line of dialogue included a dialect-specific word? Trust your characters to be lovable, without affectations, and trust your readers to be smart enough to hear the accents with only a few prompts. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.